A Speech by Bartimaeus Nemo As transcribed by Jameson Points the Way All right, all right. You've all been good sports, mostly. I think we can all agree that you've been led around by the nose more than enough by now, and I promised, so here's the score. Once upon a time... No, no, that's not right. It's not a story, at least not a fairy tale. It's... It's history, and like history, there's a lot we don't know. Too much we don't know. We don't know exactly what happened to the Titans at the end. We don't know exactly where these weapons, what they called the celestial armature frames, actually came from. Folklore says they were bestowed to them by the gods, and the gods sure aren't talking about it. We don't even know the names of all the Titans beyond the five that people still remember. Like I said... There's a lot that we don't know. But there are a few things that we do know, and what we don't know, we believe. The Titans beat something back all those years ago. Something big and bad and angry that they called the Anguish. Details are fuzzy, but it was big enough threat that they needed the entire strength of the archipelago to stop it. And even that wasn't for good. See, the Titans believed that someday the anguish would return, and so they set down fail-safes, protocols for if that happened after they passed. One of those fail-safes, we believe, is, well, you lot. There were signs, omens that we interpreted, along with old, piecemeal accounts of the last days, and they led us to you. We believe that you are the reincarnations of the old Titans. Ipithes, Arto, Mirage, Dominica, and Ambrose. In all of you, there's a through line. A connection to a long-forgotten god who fascinates with magic, moon, music. And, considering we all just saw you do, I'm willing to bet that we were on the money. Not just anybody can get into a frame and make it move the way you folks did. Now, you can believe me or not about the reincarnation thing, but there's one more thing we know for sure. The anguish, whatever or whoever it was, is coming back. We don't know when, we don't know how, but it's going to happen sooner rather than later. That monster you fought back there is proof of that. When it arrives, we're going to need to be ready. We're going to need the Titans again. So, what do you say? Want to help save the world? Hey y'all, it's Zachary Fredrickson, your friendly neighborhood GM. Uh, you might notice that I don't have the rest of my friends on the call, and that's because this week is going to be a little different. Obviously, you remember last week, we had the cool big reveal at the end of our first arc. Hey, there's, the, on the shoulders of giants, they're real giants that are ro giant robots, and that's, that's pretty cool, but it means that we have a lot of, um... Uh, 
character creation to catch up on that we didn't do at the very beginning of these of the season. So this is kind of our second character creation episode, um, where I went one on one with each of the players and went through their mech design um, phase. We, me and Emily, wrote up a expansion to Dungeon World called Celestial Armature Frames. Uh, we're going to be putting it out at some point in some form so that you can work along with it. And um, so in this episode, we, I just went through and, and went through and hit the character creation beats for for those with each player. And just to make sure that y'all weren't completely bored and that we weren't just doing dry mechanic talk the whole time, we also did one-on-one NPC PC uh, character interaction vignettes that I think are pretty good. So yeah, this week is just going to be a lot of a lot of talk about giant robots, a lot of talk about where each character's headspace is after learning the reveal of last season of last last week, and then next week we're going to get back to normal episodes, and it's going to be friggin' awesome. Ford. Yes. What would you like to tell me about your celestial armature frame? Uh, well, it is called the Cardinal Empyrean. Um, nice. And its look is probably simple. Um, so the look is simple, but what is, like, can you give us, like, just a little description of what the Empyrean actually looks like? Um, so it looks like... A simple suit of armor. It's at this point, it's mostly brass, but like you can see in like in parts of it, it looks like it had like at one point a silver finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like there are some symbols um, on its gauntlets, um, its chest, and its boots. And on its chest, there's like a moon. But overall, it looks like it might have had like some minimal filigree and decoration at one point. But that's all been worn away. So it's very kind of, it's like, again, it's like a suit of armor. And in in the chinks between the armor, when the calf is like active, you can see um, it's kind of glowing blue, like like a nuclear reactor or or like the magic in this world. Like the magic. Yeah. All right. I'm super into it. And there are some stats here as a base. Yes. Yes, so so we are using a combination of the uh, inspiration from the wheels move from the sprawl and uh, the ranger's animal companion move from Dungeon World. And we're kind of synthesizing those into a way to make these mechs work in a way that isn't extremely complicated. And hopefully it's working. Um, so yeah, so you've chosen your look, which is simple. Um, and then next we have a profile, which shows, um, which is like your base and stuff. Um, so we have four stats that each calf has, and they're referred to as calves or frames. And that is power, programming, armor, and ruin, um, which are, you know, more or less pretty, hopefully pretty self-explanatory. Um, and each of those stats uh, assist with a number. 
um, with a with a with a different move while you are in the calf. Um, so which one were you looking at for the Empyrean? Um, I think probably the first one. It's power two, programming one, uh, one armor, uh, one ruin. Okay, and then you use that as well to determine your calf's strengths, its subroutines, and its weaknesses. So since you have power two, you get to pick two strengths from the list. Uh, and the list of strengths is, uh, are uh, fast, quiet, rugged, aggressive, huge, stable, responsive, capacious, workhorse, easily repaired, adaptable, intimidating, and camouflaged. Which is a lot to choose from. Um, ba -bum, ba -bum. I'm going to go with stable, because uh, I feel like that's just a good one to have all around. It's steady. Yeah, it's yeah. steady. Um, mm -hmm. And I think mm, either easily repaired or adaptable. Okay. So this was this was uh, Mirage Adventine's mech. Yes, originally. this was Mirage Adventine's mech. So um, so you can think about that as as yeah. a potential like reasoning behind your stuff. So I the think stable is good. Yeah, I think then it would be easily repaired. Okay, because her thing was very much like what's what's pragmatic, what's useful. Uh huh. Um, so I mean, I honestly, think... adaptable could also work for that. Yeah. Yeah, see? Um, yeah, I think adaptable might be... It's definitely it's definitely pretty open. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows what adaptable is? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Most of these are, like, um, pretty, pretty simple. They're not, like, hugely um, complicated or mechanical things. It's mostly for narrative stuff. But it also, when it helps with narrative positioning, it's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and additionally, your your calf is programmed for fighting monsters, for basic warfare, and for simple tasks. You also get to choose additional subroutines for its programming. Uh, one for each point of programming. And those are to hunt, to search, to scout, to guard, to perform, uh, to perform labor, uh, to travel, to construct, and to demolish. Okay, um, define travel for me. What kind of travel are we looking at here? Just like traversing the land a lot of these are very open-ended but travel is supposed to mean like um it can go long distances sort of like a um like these are calves are sort of de quick deploy do the thing go back uh, to their base sort of mm -hmm. things they're not they're not exactly built for for long extended conflicts um, and so travel might be for like like long distance over land or yeah. whatever. Like, see, part of me wants to pick guard, but because like Mirage was very much about um, talking to people and trying to work things out, I think not not necessarily like through nonviolent means, but like making sure that everything was heard and that everyone was happy and everything was kind of steady. I think mm -hmm. probably travel would be the one for that yeah travel sounds like a good one then mm -hmm. so it's it's made to travel you can you can go places in it like as much as i want to pick guard that's mm -hmm. probably more of a ford thing uh yeah. than a mirage thing and then uh finally you choose as many weaknesses as its ruin 
Okay, so um, one. And those those weaknesses, so one. Yes, in this uh-huh. one. Uh, and ruin is ruin is these are old things, and Eustace is fixing them up. Um, but he's not like, you know, he is one mechanic blacksmith man in the future fixing something that's two thousand years old. And while they are extremely advanced, extremely like well kept, they are not perfect. They are not completely without glitches and weirdness. Uh, and so your 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 um your weaknesses that you can pick are slow, fragile, clumsy, cramped, picky, unreliable, loud, stubborn, and frightening. Okay, so it's either picky, loud, or stubborn. It's one of those three things. Um, okay. I think it's probably picky. Picky. Because okay. I like that. Um, so I think what does that's that mean? Um, I think it's very like specific about. Um, who's in it and what it's doing. Okay. Because um, I feel like that would just be like a fun conflict between the Celestial Armature frame and Ford, because Ford's very much like, okay, I picked a thing, I'm going to go do it. And it's like, mm, well, but like, have you really thought about it? So like, I'm going to stand here until you really think about it. All right. And so, yeah, so with with those numbers in, in hand, you now have access to the Our Hearts Beat as One move which is when you pilot your calf on something it's programmed for, uh, and you engage in a target in combat uh, through hack and slash or volley, you roll sync instead of dex or strength and add the calf's power to your damage. Uh, when you take damage, you can add its armor to your armor. When you discern realities, you add its programming to your roll. When you parlay, you add its programming to your roll. And if someone interferes with you, you add its ruin to their roll. Ooh. Oh, this is yeah. This is one thing I don't think we mentioned before about sync. Sync is another is a new thing. It's a new ability stat that you're all going to have to to track. It's not going to move too much. It's it just represents how in sync you are with your calf, and everyone's going to start at plus one. Cool. Uh, and then and then I've got a I've got a list of calf advancements for when you when you level up, which I think some of you already have. Um, so you can, you'll be able to pick one to begin with, but when you level up, uh, as a calf pilot, um, well, when you level up as a normal person, you also level up as a calf pilot and you get special abilities. Cool. um, Cool. Because I wanted there to be some sort of, um, escalation. So, yeah. Uh, and so we've got, we've got, so we've got your, your profile figured out, your, your, your bonuses and your, and your stuff. Mm -hmm. So the next thing we have is your weapon. Every calf has a custom Power, a powerful custom signature weapon, and you start with a base description. Um, you can choose between sword, axe, hammer, spear, flail, fists, bow, cannon, crossbow, and sling. I mean, fists, obviously, let's face it. Yeah. Um, it was gonna be fists. All things considered. Like, I mean, even without Ford, like, that, that glove, mm. like, that's definitely something that, you know. Yeah. Mirage didn't use. Oh, she didn't have a weapon, but she had her hands. Yeah, or something like that. She just used her hands differently. Yep. All right. So then you choose a range that best fits your weapon: uh, hand, close reach, near, far. Uh, is that also going to be hand? Uh, yeah, it's, that's definitely going to be hand. So, yeah, hand is within the range of your of your arms, so that mm. makes sense. And you get to pick two enhancements, and these enhancements are mostly taken from the. Uh, or inspired by the um, fighter's signature weapon, which you don't have because you're using the peerless fighter. Yeah. Variant. But 
uh, it's still it's still um, it's a cool thing to have, and I'm glad we found a place for it in this campaign. Mm-hmm. So those are hooks and spikes, uh, sharp, perfectly weighted, serrated edges, glows in the presence of one type of creature, your choice, uh, huge, versatile, uh, well crafted, or elemental, which is a which is something we put in ourselves. Um, so what are you thinking? Um, I'm definitely thinking versatile. Okay. Um, I want my fists to be able to maybe fly a little, because I think that's fun. That is pretty fun. Uh, is it, is it, are they flying, like, rocket fists? Yeah, rocket fists. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so what's that range? Is that reach? Okay, so here's the question, then. Is it rocket fists, like, you shoot at, like, a projectile and it hits something, or is it, like, mirages, these hands who are, like, almost telekinetically or magnetically connected and they are either like they go out to a certain distance and then come back oh man i like i like both of those the the difference is that one would be probably near um because it's like a short range uh projectile and then if they were if they were like magnetically connected to your arms uh, or like your arms like extended or something that would be reach yeah i think it's the arms that extend more so i think i think that's reach okay uh and then you got one more Oof. um sharp sharp mm-hmm. okay so what's what's sharp about these fists they have like uh spikes that can come oh, out okay. of the um that when it's in like battle mode they come out of the knuckles knuckles oh nice nice yeah 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 knuckles all right that sounds that does sound pretty neat um Knuckle spikes. Knuckle spikes. Sick. Um, so cool. Do you want to have a name for these weapons? Oh boy, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I'm gonna say no because they're just like maybe Ford's gonna name them later, but I think that's more of an in-game thing. Okay. Because with Mirage, it was just like you know these are my hands, and I'm gonna do what I have to do if I have to do it. But you're gonna, you know, you're gonna show some people these hands. Yeah, but otherwise it's just like, why would I name my hands? These aren't like, these aren't supposed to be weapons. <laughs> they just are, just in case. Okay. Uh, and so here's one thing, and new another thing. Next, the next thing on the list uh, is your internal directives, uh, and this is this comes along with your Titan, because here's the thing: you are as 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 the person you are, uh, Ford Maporn. You are at least ostensibly the reincarnation of Mirage Adventine. And as such, you can use your calf, but that calf comes with uh, an echo of her former self, mm-hmm. which carries with it. So this is, I'll just read what was written, which is, uh, your frame's previous pilot left their marks on the empathic bond you access when you sync with your mech. Write two to three internal directives left behind. When you act in accordance of these directives, you take plus one on rules to enact them. When you defy or ignore these directives, things may go awry. See the maintain control move for the details. So that's a, and that's a different move later on. Uh, you try to make your internal directive simple, actionable, and extinctive, but don't be afraid to write directives that are less than pragmatic or even at odds with your PC's imp- impulses. I think it's uh, protective, um, help those in need first. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And only then go into battle. Okay. And careful... Um, always be mindful of your surroundings. Okay. Or always be mindful. In. Yeah, always be mindful of the things and p- 
people around you. Don't rush in. Poor Ford. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so are those are those the two, or does he have a third one? I mean, both of these are like neither of these Ford would especially like. So I'm. I don't have a third one, really. Okay. So yeah, and those those are both pretty like wide reaching. So I think yeah. I think you're good there. Okay. All right. Um. And did you did you level up uh in the last adventure? Let me check my character sheet. Also, don't forget you need to come up with a uh, a Titan alignment. Yeah, a Titan alignment. Um, should we do that right now? Yeah, I'm at eight XP. Yeah. That's a level up, I think. That is a level. Um, so we can you can you can level up between uh sessions or why well, we I guess we can we'll talk about it off camera. Uh, once mm-hmm. we're done recording this, and just make sure that you're all taken care of. Uh, but yeah, we do need a what of an alignment for Adventine that she, uh, her, um, specter exerts over you. Yeah, and the alignment that we had first, the one that for Ford is ride or die. That's um, that's the belief that is shared and. Basically, yeah, yeah. It's it's you you. There's one that you're like yeah, and there's one that you're like no. Um, but it could also just be that you have two separate alignments, and if you follow one, then you do one. If you do the other one, you do the other. Um, yeah, I think Adventines is thoroughly consider every angle of the situation before making a decision. Okay, it's a long it's a long alignment one, but eh. yeah, maybe, maybe we can make that a little snappier. But either either way, it's, yeah. it's definitely. Um, descriptive enough that it is. Um, I can see that that coming into coming to play, mm-hmm. coming to bear. And then, so you did level up, so you get to pick one advanced calf move. Yay! Um, ba-bum. oh, <laughs> I mean, of course. Um, I'm taking alternate movement hovering. Okay, so it hovers. Yeah, it hovers. How does it hover? Like, is it like little 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 jets on its boots? Yeah, or little like I think maybe it's like electromagnetic or whatever it is. Okay. So it's less like there's fire coming out from its shoes and more it's like a kind of like a force field thing. All right. Well, sure. And so and so hovering is hovering is um alternate moving is a thing that we took from the artificer. Uh it's one of one of their gadget tags and so you get to hover. Yeah, I get to hover. Although maybe there's fire. I'll I'll figure it out. You'll think about it. Yeah, it just for now just hovers. That's all you need to know. Cool. It's not, but it's not like it's not like like this this dude. It's got like legs. Yeah, right? it's super got legs. It it so has legs. Uh, and an inspiration was um, Big O, for kind of like part of the feel of Ford's mech. So it's got those big hands. Yeah, Big O definitely doesn't hover. Though, no, right? no, no. Not from what I remember. Uh, it is a very cool match. But listen, if Ford finds out that this thing hovers, like, there's no way he's leaving. All right. So that's that's that, I think. I think that's all of the little, all of the um, bits we need to worry about immediately. So then let's, uh, let's just roll into your scene. So where is this taking place? Where are we? We're either in the courtyard or we're... Or we are in the area where the calves are kept. The hangar. Yeah, the hangar. Um, there's also an armory. Ooh. Where the, where the calf weapons are. So I have a question. Are there just like two giant fists there? Or like two giant no, gloves? No, because hers are like already like integrated. Yeah, but this that's, is like that's fair. where the other weapons are for, mm. the, for the folks who don't carry them. <laughs> who weren't as smart about... Mm. Um, 
Where would, I guess, where would Calico be in this case? Because I think Ford's just been kind of like walking around, like staring at stuff. Uh, Calico is in the armory. He is um, sharpening his sword because it, he like used it to fight a skeleton <laughs> recently. He did. And so he's he's kind of just, he's sharpening it back up, making sure everything's good. His armor is off in pieces sitting next to him. Because he has to go through and inspect it piece by piece before he puts it back together. I don't think Ford has his armor on, because the area's mostly been secured, safe, so... Yeah, at, le- at least this floor. There's, there's like, a basement area um, that you've discovered. It's um, locked for now. There, are, Yeah, there are stairs that go down, and they are locked currently. Uh, yeah, so I think Ford has his armor off, so he's, like, you know, shirt, pants, boots, like, very casual clothes. Um... We joked a bit about like him just like always having his shirt off when he's not in his armor, but probably not at the moment because um, the area is still not fully secured. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still serious. Yeah, he's still in serious mode, not in party mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he like he walks in and he takes a moment to just like take in the scene, like with like Calico sharpening his weapon and like all of the giant other weapons here from the calves that are probably that we like, haven't established yet because we haven't recorded those yet no but they're really big and cool they're really sure. big super big super cool i think he just like stands in from him like taking it in like because like holy shit it's real and uh-huh. for definitely has a bit of a reputation as a conspiracy theorist Partially because he does, like, believe in cryptids, but also he's like, once upon a time, the moon wasn't cracked, and people are like, sure, Ford. Sure, Amadeus. Mm-hmm. I think he stands there and he goes, hey, Patches! <sighs> Calico, like, looks up and doesn't stop. Um, he doesn't stop sharpening his sword, but he looks up and, like, watches Ford as he's doing it. Um, because he's done it, he's, you know, he've, he's taken care of his sword enough times that he knows how to do it without looking. And it's a big sword, so he needs to, like, take some time on it. (laughs) Yes. Ford walks over and um, kind of... You can aggressively sit down, and he, like, aggressively sits down across from Calico, but also very slowly. Okay. I I don't know how you can aggressively sit down slowly, but I... Uh, I think it's in the eye contact. Okay. I think that's where it's really at here. He leans forward a little. He goes, now, I was given to understand that this was a one-and-done thing. And now, I'm hearing something about reincarnation and, what, giant, giant metal suits of armor? So I feel like you, my good friend, Patches, have been a little bit less than honest with me, considering you didn't seem really at all surprised when those things came out. Nope. Uh, listen, Ford. There's, there's stuff that you just gotta find out for yourself. Things you hear about and you need to see for yourself before you can believe it. Now, I wasn't sure if that egghead actually had any wind in his sails or if it was just a whole lot of hot air. But he was persuasive I figured it better to see for yourself than to not. Besides, you seemed pretty excited when you heard about big statues getting up and fighting. Ford sighs and leans back a little bit. 
It's... it's impressive. I'll give it that. But this shit's dangerous. This is... I mean, hell. One of these things could probably take down... what? An army, half an army? In the right hands? As much as I like the idea of, you know, making one of these things punch something, I would rather that something be a giant skeleton or that weird... that thing in there. And not, you know, people. Calico nods. Yeah, there was something like that in my motivations for coming as well. This is not the sort of thing that you want to let leave your sight. No, it's not. Which, really, brings me back to my point. Calico, fuck, I thought we were friends, what? And you, you didn't tell me, sure you said all that. Stuff about finding out for yourself, having to see it to believe it. But how do you trust people when they don't give you all the information? How do I trust fucking Nemo when it took him literally up to a giant skeleton rising out of the ground or whatever to tell us what was going on? Uh, Calico kind of hangs his head. And he scratches his ears, um, like kind of contemplatively, and one of them twitches, the scarred one. And he stands up, and he says, look forward. And he picks up his sword. He says, for my whole life, I thought I was one of these. A weapon, nothing more. A sword doesn't ask who's swinging it or why. Now, I'll admit, being around you... As, well, some of my old friends would say it made me soft. That's still who I am. A mercenary doesn't ask questions when he's told not to tell the rest of the company something. As for Nemo, I still don't trust him. But I have a question for you, Ford. Is you said that these things need to be in the right hands. And whose hands are that? Because they're not mine. They're not Nemo's. And... They're not mine either. I've I've been in this too long. Maybe maybe that elf, Adeline, Addie, she seems responsible in a way that the others are really not, but I'd honestly rather these were left here. God, as much as as much as I want to know everything about this place, there's probably a reason that it couldn't be found. And now that it can be, that's that's fucking worrisome. Calico nine says Okay. Fine. Next boat. We can get out of here. Go, I don't know, hunt bison up north again? Ha! <laughs> ah. Leave this to the important people? <sighs> How much are they paying you again? Enough. But if you're not staying, not enough. I think Ford stands up and, uh, kind of claps Calico on the shoulder. Goes, I'm staying for now. Could could use the money. Saving the world ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Saving the word ain't got nothing to do with it. And also, you know, someone needs to keep an eye on these guys. Yeah, no kidding. Did you see that fucking... Oh, man. Which one? The rabbit? Because the rabbit's something. The Lagonel? That's something. Adeline, 
You've you've got a robot. I do. It's very good. It's very good. Would you like to tell everybody and me the name of this robot? The name of the robot is Gentile Executant. Oh, you say ex- Executant? Executant? Where, how else? How else would you say that? I was reading it as Gentile Executant. Executant. No, that's better. Should we do it again? No, it's cool. <laughs> we can keep that. Edit it out. Fix it in post. <laughs> No, I don't. So much, so much fixing in post. Um, so yeah, Gentile Executant, and this was this is Ambrose's mech, uh, the Celestial Armature Frame is what they're called. And um, um, listeners, you've heard you've heard us do this once already. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's let's just roll through it and uh, and get your stuff knocked out. You you did a little bit ahead of time. Um, your look is ornate. Mm-hmm. Uh, for profile, I chose Power 2, Programming 2, No Armor, because who needs it, and <coughs> uh, Ruin 1. Okay. Um, with strengths, uh, I know we have a list. We do have a list. Uh, can, can I make one up? Uh, what, what do you, what do you, what's your pitch? Like, graceful. Oh, do, do we not have one that, that, like, works for that? I guess we don't. No, not really. Yeah, I can, I'll put in graceful. This is all... This is all pretty, uh, you know, freeform because uh, we're writing this, writing this whole thing ourselves, basically. So graceful and quiet, which uh, it seems like like it's kind of musical. Uh, so it's quiet until it wants to be. <laughs> oh, okay, it's kind of like a, it's kind of got a stealthy style going on. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got your subroutines, which are special things that you can do with it. And I have chosen perform, obviously, and scout. And scout. Um, awesome. And so what, what kind of scouting do you think that is? Is it like, does it have like scopes in its eyes or like, like sensors or? I think, I think sensors, like, I think it, um, I was thinking almost like long range, like sort of audio based scouting. Like you can do that. Like a sonar. Yes, 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 yes. That's really wild. Oh, what if it's like, what if it's like, um, cause it's got all those strings on it, right? What if it had, like, a thing where it could, like, put out the strings taut and, like, feel the vibrations? Yes. That would be pretty sick. Can my mech echolocate? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bat mech is the thing. Don't say that. I haven't thought about what it looks like too much yet. I always suppose I have strings, but... Oh, yeah. Well, actually, actually, we have we have talked a little bit in, in the last one and the other people's uh, things. Um, if you want, you can you can expand on your look and describe it a little bit. Mm. I know that when uh, when we were talking about it last time, we were talking about the inside, and it was like I said keys, and then we said more strings inside. But I was thinking about keys again because, like, the idea of like like Phantom of the Opera, like at the keys, like very dramatic, is very appealing to me. I'm super. Maybe it's maybe it could be a combination of both because a piano is basically just keys that hit strings. Yeah, that's true. So it could be like this spider web of like strings that are all connected to to the central key module. Yes, I like that a lot. Both best of both worlds. Yeah, like a harpsichord almost. Yes. What kind of instruments did Ambrose play? I guess all of them. I mean, yeah, he was he was the bard, just like you are. And uh, the 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 Titans, it seems like they were kind of like uh, very aspirational to look at. Um, <laughs> For for your characters, um, Ipathy's being this huge, masterful paladin, and then Radiant being a tiny paladin with a with a fishing spear, <laughs> and then Ambrose Ambrose is like this virtuoso who who was dazzling in court 
And now here's here's Adeline who can play the mandolin and is scared of people. Yep. That's gonna be very good. It is definitely. Okay, so these yeah, so the inside's got this get that, that keyboard module sort of thing. What about the outside? It's it's I I can't place it in like a real specific like mech body shape because I keep just going to sort of like a real basic like Gundam shape. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I do know that it has heels like the Iron Blood Orphan mechs, especially they have like good heels. <laughs> so that is like important to me. And the strings sort of connecting its uh I keep trying to think of where the strings connect to and um like maybe like wrist to sort of waist almost like a like a like a bat. Like if a bat stretched out. Oh okay. Okay. Like how um some Spider Man costumes have like the web wings? Yes, yes. Okay. Kind of like that. Um, there's probably others in other places, but... Yeah, I was actually going to suggest, since you have the strings on the inside as part of the keyboard module, that what if they went out and were like almost like marionette um, strings or or um, yeah. something where like you could like you can see them flexing and, t- and like tensing around this bo- the body of this mech and that's part of what makes it move. Yeah, to look up how where like not not a puppet, but like like an ana- like an animatronic toy- with with the yeah. with the with the oh yeah those toys with like the strings that are taut and you can press the button and they kind of like yeah yeah exactly yeah like I do like the strings on the inside sort of attaching to or becoming in some way the strings on the outside. So if you like pulled one on direct on one directly on the inside, mm-hmm. it would do something on the outside. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a way of of sort of um, visualizing how the how the control of it works. Mm-hmm. But other than, other than the like the wood sort of look and the like, uh, I again cannot remember the name of the hole that is on string instruments. But that being sort of where the cockpit is. It's just called a sound hole. It's it's a round hole in the flat top guitars and traditional bullback mandolins. There are F holes in violins. Uh, there are C holes in violas, rosettes in lutes, and D holes in bold lyres. they got different names, but they're all holes. That's pretty simple. Uh, and is this wood, is it like natural looking wood or is this like, like varnished, like varnished wood? Definitely. Like probably like the same color as a mandolin, like that dark red, sort of like rosewood. Yeah. 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 And, and so it's not like, this is like, it's not like this thing looks like a tree, but it, it looks like a polished instrument. Yes. All right. Uh, and then for your, uh, weakness, for your ruin. Weakness. Uh, chosen fragile because, uh, that. Makes so much, it makes sense that if any of these very complicated little like strings or or bits of like or because I chose ornate, so there's going to be like it's very intricate, fancy bits coming out. Yes, if any of that breaks, it's probably just going to oh man go bad real quickly. I, as a musician, I know how terrible it is when one of your strings snaps. I can only imagine how much worse that's going to be when it's the thing that keeps your mech working. Yeah. Uh, and then, so the next part that we've got is your weapon. Your your celestial armature frame has a powerful custom signature weapon, and we got to figure out what that is. So, what are you what are you thinking? My first thought was like like a rapier, like a fine sword, mm-hmm. like a classic bard weapon. But that almost seems a little boring. Yeah. Oh, okay. What do you think Ambrose himself fought with? Oh, definitely that. Like, it definitely have to be, like, a fine sword. Like, that seems like his whole deal. Like, duels. Not that he would do any, but he would look like he would. Okay, so, like, a, like a fencing saber? Yeah, it definitely. All right. 
Interesting, because I was going to be like, what if it good. was like a like a like you fought with a staff or something? Ooh, a fencing a, a mech with a giant fencing sword is is a uh, sounds pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But a staff, uh, maybe just like just the tiniest little bit more practical. <laughs> also, it could look like a bow. What the violins? Yeah, I've forgotten old music. Yeah, maybe just a little, little, little bit like that. Like a violin bow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Adeline uses Adeline uses a like a has a rapier which she hasn't used yet, but it would be uh, good if he had something else that he used. Okay, you wanna you wanna have it be diversified? A little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. So we can we can just put down the spear uh, base description, but then just like uh, this spear doesn't have anything on the end of it. Yeah, very blunt spear. It's a blunt spear. <laughs> uh, and then next you get the range of the weapon. Uh, that would be what? Uh, yeah, reach then for sure. Reach is useful for attacking something that's several feet away, maybe as far as 10. Uh, obviously, we're taking that and applying it to giant robots, but but relatively close. <laughs> and then you get to choose two enhancements. Probably uh, perfectly weighted seems good, and... Uh, hmm. Yeah, we need to figure out what that actually means now that... Uh, Sync is your attack score. Oh yeah, true. But but if you if you pick that one, then that gives us even more incentive to figure out what it means. Yeah, it just seems so like a staff. You would want you would want it to be perfectly weighted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and uh, hmm. Well, it's so versatile. If I choose versatile and get uh close as well, maybe. Okay, and it's what is it? Is it like um. Oh, is it like Nightwing's staff that like snaps off into two like batons? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. All right, cool. So next is we have to deal with the echoes of your Titan. So you just got to come up with something with an Ambrose. Uh, Ambrose fill. I'm like, I've like pulled up the uh, bard alignments just to see if anything is good for him. Chaotic is spur others to significant and unplanned decisive action, which is not exactly right, but I do like like spur others, like making other people do things. Okay, so not making, not necessarily making other people do things for their own good, but just making other people do things for you. Yeah, he's selfish. Is like the thing that I want to get across, I guess. Um, so what? Maybe that could be like convince someone else to share the load, or no, uh. Convince somebody else to to do your work or something. Yeah, yeah, that we can uh, probably work on that. We can, wording, we can workshop like the wording, the- but yeah, it's it's mostly about like, hey, I'm Ambrose. I don't have to do this. You do this. Yeah. You also have your calf's internal directives. Um, so have you been thinking at all for for about that? What's the word for? What magicians do misdirection, like uh, instead of getting like directly into fights, the internal draft is about like trying to distract and misdirect to to like get in to get in from the side or whatever. Um, okay, uh, well, I can I can definitely um, he, like think of the wording for one of that, like um, whether whether misdirect and um, hit them from the side are the same directive or two separate ones. Probably s- separate ones, right? Step one, step two, step five. one, step two. Yeah, um, one could be like never engage head on. Yeah, uh, and that's that's simple and actionable. Maybe like make sure they're looking where you're not. Yeah, that's very good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe one more, unless you think those two perf- like completely encapsulate his sort of uh, 
piloting style. I think it would. You're kind of like um like kind of like in an MMO where you're you're uh redirecting aggro onto the tanks. Yes, yes, exactly. Especially since he's, the mech is so fragile. So it's not good to get hit. Uh, all right. Fantastic. Did you level up at the end of last session? Looks like you did. So this is uh, at 8 XP that I'm seeing. I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick one of the moves that can hurt people. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> uh, the- Karen, is it Metal Hurlant? Metal Hurlant's a I'm good one. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. You know, shredding. Uh, but the, th- the, th- the thing is um, that now you are a tempered solar, ca- you're a frame pilot. Um, you also get to take. Uh, Armature frame advancements in concert with your normal advancements um, that are here at the bottom of this document. I do want more sync. <laughs> okay. So the, the flesh and steel? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Either It would be either that or alternative movement, but mm, actually maybe I will take alternative movement and she can get that later. What is phase shifting? <laughs> it, it's... it's um, Based off of in the Artificer playbook, the arti- the alternate movement ethereal, uh, the gadget lets you go ghost. It lets you walk through thin walls or do- doors, but you can't bring anyone else with you. Uh, it may <laughs> may draw the attention of ghosts. However, I want it. I want that. I don't. I don't know if I have like a great like reason for why he would have it, but God, do I want it. <laughs> I mean that might that might work with with like don't let anybody hit you. It is literally you make it so that you you don't exist for a second. Yeah, but like that's definitely something that he would use it for. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Uh. So yeah. Next, I think we can just we can just roll into your scene, your little little your little character vignette. So you are going to be talking with. Captain Debonair, Daria Debonair. Good. And so at this point, I think uh, we have gotten her, gotten the hand in hand onto the, not onto the island, but into port. One thing you found, uh, because the way that this island was set up, was that the side that you came from is like the side that is furthest from the bastion. And you found a back port. Uh, the the shore of which is closer to the, to the back of the, of the bastion, where all the stuff was. Um, and the Bastion is what the, the, the place is called that you're in. I don't know if we said that on, on screen or not. Um, but that, that's where you are. And so she was able to get the ship on, you know, into port. Uh, and she's got a crew of sailors. And right now they are in the big open area, uh, of the compound where, you know, they, uh, where the other buildings were, like the bunkhouse and the, and the little armory, like the smaller forge and, um, the other buildings, and they are sort of going through and setting up their um, research station, basically, because she like she came on and she was like, "What the fuck? You've got giant robots. All this shit is going down. All right, I'm gonna come in and I'm not taking over, but like we're gonna do this right. We're gonna do this the way we we're supposed to, which is I've got people here who are now setting up like a sort of like a like a like a dig site almost, or a um, or like a a base of operations in the compound yard. And so she's basically just been spending her time organizing that and yelling at people and being like, all right, you scurvy dogs, make sure you don't drop that. Those are very delicate in instruments and so on and so forth. I love that she says scurvy dogs. Oh, yeah. She says it because she has to, right? It's part of the whole thing. <laughs> part of the look. Part of the look. So what is what is Adeline up to? I think uh, that she she's definitely like wanted away from like the rest of the the team because she is a little overwhelmed because there's robots now, 
and she is a bard. So she has kind of like wandered into this busy area and is just sort of watching people like set up instruments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why she would approach Dar- uh, the captain at all because mm-hmm. she's so happy just hanging out. Uh, well, if you'd like, it could be that she's like hanging out and just chilling there and then Debonair looks at- and sees her and then lo- and then like you hear something break and she like twists her head and she's like, Horatio! Oh my god. And then looks back and she says, hey, Fleetwood, right? It, yeah, yeah. You look sturdy. Come on, we need help uh, loading this. Oh, uh, sure. She, she's like sitting on uh, some like a wall or something and like hops down and scurries a little bit like a little awkward uh, to be directly directly addressed uh but um yeah no she's not gonna say no to the very big orc Mm -hmm. captain yeah (laughs) um and so and so they've they've got this big cart that they've wheeled up it was like in the bowels of the ship and then there was a there's like a they they pulled it up brought it on the island and now they are taking boxes off of it and uh horatio who was a who's a skinny orc with like um, curly, like, Adax horns, or, like, gazelle horns. He's got these very thin horns, and he's very scrawny, and he's, like, just a deck boy. Kind of skulks off to go not carry heavy things. <laughs> and she, like, glares at him uh, as he goes, and then she, like, pats the 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 top of the carts um and she's like all right hop up and start handing me boxes uh Alan was like sort of distractedly like looking at this like unfortunate orc uh go go leave and then sort of like, oh yeah and uh, jumps onto the thing and starts very carefully picking things up mm-hmm. probably a little too slowly mm-hmm. for Devonair's taste because she really doesn't want to break anything yeah but uh but she's not weak uh so uh she's Managing. She's managing, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, you, like, pick up this crate that's a really heavy crate, and then Dari just kind of palms it with one hand and hands it off to someone else, because she's extremely strong. Yeah, good. And she's um, kind of, like, eyeing you as you're, as you're working, and she's like, So, is there a reason you're not off with the rest of your hero crew? I'm sure there's celebrations to be had. For, for what? Uh, hero crew is a... Very strong word for found some robots and got in the robots. Uh, but uh, I just didn't really feel like talking to people. It, it's not not that this is... She just shakes her head and picks up a box and hands <laughs> it the next box. The Debonair shrugs and she says, um, Well, you might say Hero Crew is inaccurate, but to hear Eustace tell it, you were... Quite the knights in shining armor, saving him and uh, Nemo. <laughs> that was an in-character laugh, but at, <laughs> at the way she said Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Eustace thinks so. I, to to be honest, it's it's almost a a relief to to know that at least they they had a reason for bringing me because I, I was a little. I didn't think they really didn't think they really needed a bard that that much, <laughs> but uh, if they need me to get in a very big robot, I, I guess I guess I can help. Um, and she chuckles and she says, "Well, I don't know. People to witness tales and to tell them to others are just as important as the people in them, aren't they?" I suppose, but uh, when we were coming to a to a research a research dig sort of thing, I. Kept imagining people trying to study ruins and 
me sitting on the side with the mandolin, like, singing about it. Why did you say yes, then, if you didn't think you were going to be useful? Well, it's an it's an island that appeared out of nowhere. I don't get to go on boats that much as it is. And uh, on top of that, some sort of island that just appeared out of the ocean? I, how could I not? It is uh, a pretty unusual opportunity, I suppose. Uh, she takes another the next box from you and sets it down, and then Mike crosses her arm and leans against the side of the of the cart. Did you have any idea it was going to turn out anything like this? Definitely not. I I thought I would maybe be able to help with like they would find something written in Elvish and be like, "What's this say?" I'd be like, it "Says don't go in there." Or that I would know. Uh, I I did. I did know at least one folk song about this. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was pretty much what I thought uh, I was going to. It was going to be like just sort of light. Just some light adventuring. Light adventuring sounds sounds about everything I ever do. Yes. <laughs> well, at least you're not uh, turning tail now, huh? You seem like you're pretty set on being here. Well, what kind of, uh, I guess, bod would I be if I didn't stick around to try to figure out what new songs are going to be written about the hero team? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Is it just the hero team you're writing about? Because I'll tell you, I've been a lot of songworthy things. Really? Oh, absolutely. I, I, would ple- I would actually love to hear that. Believe me, if I didn't think there wasn't... A chance for what you might call glory in this whole thing. I would have turned tail a while ago. Well, uh, I'm glad you didn't turn tail. She, uh, next box. <laughs> next box. Oh, and she like she like kind of like was still just kind of chilling on the side of the cart, and then like, oh right, we're supposed to be working. Um, <laughs> stands back, straightens back up, and takes the box from you. Yes, uh, I overheard the elf man. Nemo, telling a lot of you about uh, world-ending calamities and heroes from a bygone era. It all sounds very interesting. I just hope you don't forget about the people who brought you here. People are the the only thing I... Legends are great, but only if you have people to tell them to. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, I don't intend for Daria Debonair's footnote in this legend to be a uh, fairy woman. <laughs> I really, really doubt that that you're going to be that small of a role. <laughs> Thank you. So you're confident that uh, we're going to survive this? Well, I've survived so far. So, I mean, I can only try not to die. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you should do your best. You seem like a nice kid. I'd hate to see you fall in battle this early. Uh Alan is like a little like uh um like snort laugh at kid cuz uh um we did we talk about how elf ages work cuz she's probably not that young. We we have one <laughs> we haven't talked about how elf ages work at all. We also haven't mentioned how old Adeline is even relatively. No, not even once. Yeah. I was I was assuming that she was like like younger, like like the elf equivalent of like mid 20s, but is she not? How old is she? Maybe a little older than that. Like maybe but like mid twenties, roughly, but maybe like late, late twenties, I guess. So like, but like the twenty six, twenty seven 
mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and is she actually 27 or is she like 607? Uh, 600 sounds so much, but it's definitely like an elf equivalent 27. Mm. It's not literally 27. Well, so I guess the question is, do elves live that long or, or do elves have like normal lifespans? Are these, are these Tolkien elves or are these like Final Fantasy 14 elves, which have normal lifespans? Maybe not like Tolkien elves, but like, but like longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, because they spend so much time around magic, mm-hmm. that it's like it extends them a bit. Maybe, maybe just like an extra hundred years, like double lifespan or something. Okay. So not like not w- wildly mm-hmm. uh, old, uh, but a little bit. So maybe she's maybe she's like forty. Okay. So do they grow slower, or is it like they grow the same rate but live longer? A little, a little tiny bit slower, but it's mostly just live longer. I think. Mm-hmm. So, she, so she, is she actually forty, or is she like closer to like thirty something? Yeah, like mid thirties, maybe. Okay. But like, like looks and sort of like uh, maturity wise, feel like a human twenty six, twenty seven. Okay, Daria is actually like I think she's like thirty eight. Um, <laughs> closer than age in age than she thinks. Closer than she thinks. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she's also got that, like, captain vibe where she's like... Yes. Ooh, also, uh, I think elves probably keep that a little close to their chest. About, like, age of stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, people are like, oh, you're about, you're about, uh, 27. Yep. <laughs> that sounds about, that, that's about right. Sounds about right. People don't want to know that, that we're going to live for 200 years. So Adeline was was laughing. Uh, how, how are we going to bring this scene home? Does she have, does Adeline have any concerns? Because she seems, everyone else is like super worried. Like, oh my God, we're going to die. Adeline's like, I guess I'm going to do it. Because it's, it's inconceivable, inconceivable to her that she would not stay, even if she refused to get in the mech ever again, which she's not going to. But even if she did, she wouldn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's not going to run. So, I think uh, concerns, I think she actually asks if, she asked the captain if if she's worried about like everyone else being on the island. Like, can what if something bad happens and there's all these people here? Uh, I think she thinks about it and she shrugs and she says, "I don't know how many military research expeditions you've been on, Adeline, Ms. Fleetwood. Oh, zero. But things going wrong is kind of in the job description." If we weren't prepared to give our lives for the Admiralty and for the sea, we wouldn't sign up for the Navy. Well... And believe you me, I wouldn't miss what's going to happen next for the world. Uh, I think Evelyn just, uh, like, grins because, like, same. <laughs> uh, she wouldn't either. Uh, and as well, uh, then I will do my best to, to help if things go wrong. Uh, and and Debonair laughs and uh, like claps you on the shoulder from I guess from the ground. She's got big arms, um, and she says, "Fantastic!" And listen, you find another robot out there somewhere. Keep a keep a mind out for old Debonair, huh? Absolutely. You you probably know how to 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 pilot something better than I do. Can't be much harder than a ship. Yeah. Alright. It's like one person ship. <laughs> it's a, a one person ship. 
Radiant. Let's talk about this giant robot. First off, let's just get it out there. What's its name? It's the Bulwark Tempest. The Bulwark Tempest. I almost wrote the Bluework. Yeah, same, same difference. It's fine. Do you abbreviate that or shorten that to Tempest or to Bulwark? BT. BT. Big old BT. <laughs> it's the BT. All right. Cool. So yeah. So so um. So first, let's let's talk about the look. Um, out of all of these, I was thinking menacing. Ooh. Uh, because but here's the thing: it's menacing. It's less scary and more um imposing is what I was thinking. Imposing. Okay. Well, if you'd like, I think you can. We can. I can write down imposing and put that in the list. Ooh. Yes, please. All right. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to put imposing in the list for future generations. Yeah, yeah. Um, for every, anyone who wants to play this at home, follow oh, along. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, create uh, your I own mean, titans. The, yeah, because we're, we're going to be putting this, these documents out. Yeah. Um, Please the, create some titan fan characters. God, yes. There were at most 100 at the height of the, at the, of the titan era. We just know our five. Ooh. So... Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing is it's, it was this huge world spanning organization. Um, but now there's, we only know about five. Hell yeah. I want to, want to see those Titan Sonas get out there, everyone. Fuck yeah. Uh, and, uh, and let's see Sonas. And then we'll pick, uh, your profile. Have you thought about which one of those that you're going to get? Uh, yes. I peruse it for all of, uh, five seconds until I just, I realized that no big robot that was guided by Ipathy's Celeseri didn't have a power of three. And that's yeah, basically okay. what I what I what I went for. That yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> He's he was a big and strong man. Mm-hmm. And so his robot is big and strong. Yeah, max power. So, so you got power three, programming one, one armor, and ruin two. Yep. Because you get that extra point of of, of power, you also have one extra weakness. Exactly. It's fine. He's a he's a big boy. You can handle it. He's very strong. Um, so what what strengths are you going to spin out of that that power? Um, I was thinking aggressive. Okay. Um, stable. All right. And intimidating. Okay, so it's not actually it's not huge or or. Uh, uh, I don't capacious. think it's. I don't think it's huge for a giant robot. It's regular size for a giant robot. It's like it's like Gundam size, and Gundam size isn't like huge, huge, is it? Gundam size, I think the average Gundam is sixty feet tall. That's pretty big. Um, I can do huge if you want. No, I just I just remember talking about it like ages ago, and I thought it was a I thought it was a big one, but I might be remembering a different thing. Yeah, for the playtest, it was huge. Okay. So aggressive, stable, and intimidating. And so, how does that how does that fit for you? I think uh, aggressive seems pretty self-explanatory. Um, spoilers: I'm gonna give it a big sword. And hell yeah, this is aggressive. Aggressive because it's got a big sword. Yeah. Um, and also intimidating because it's got a big sword. Just like mm-hmm. just a big fight boy. Um, it's basically if someone put empathies in like a a big machine and made him bigger. Okay. It's a, a for so for him it was very much an extension of his existing self. Yeah, yeah. And for Radiant, it's like, oh, I'm in my dad's shoes. 
So next, your calf is programmed for fighting monsters for basic warfare and for simple tasks. Uh, you can choose uh, as many additional subroutines as you're programming. So you get one. Um, I'm torn between uh, hunt and guard. Okay. Because um, hunt is also self-explanatory. I think I actually might go hunt because it's the Titans were made specifically for the... Oh, uh, the anguish? The Yeah, the goo boys. Um, the Titans were made to, to fight the goo boys. Uh, I'm actually not... They, the timeline currently is a little fuzzy. We don't know if the ti- if the if the if the Titans existed before the anguish showed up. The anguish was definitely the thing that stu- that like was the last thing they fought. They might have been there a while before that. All right. Um, I like hunt, but that implies a bit of like tracking, I guess. Uh huh. Like, oh, but he's got that eye. Hang on. <laughs> uh Oh, yeah, he's got the eye. He's got the eye. Oh, I'm going to go with Hunt. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and I totally forgot to have you actually, like, describe in a little bit more detail uh, what it looks like. Um, so, BT is very a very, like, standard Gundam-type um, humanoid uh, robot. Like, big, but not huge mm-hmm. um, for, for calf creation standards. And his, I haven't decided how this is going to work yet because every single time I try to actually design him, I hit a brick wall, but his architecture is very ancient classical style. So like Greek and Roman and stuff. Now, is it, is it, is it like architecture wise? Like he's got like Corinthian pillars and stuff or more like a marble statue. Like this is Michelangelo's David that got some armor slapped on. (laughs) I think it's more like a marble statue because I did try to design like little Corinthian pillar legs and it looked very goofy. <laughs> um, maybe his arms have like some sort of design resemblance of like the the bits on top of the pillars or something. Oh yeah, those, some of those are really cool. Um, I fooled around with like him having some a fresco or something somewhere, but I actually looked up what a what a fresco is versus a mosaic. A uh, fresco is painting that you paint onto right, right. a drywall. Not, not a fresco. Um, what's it called? The Mosaic? thing. The the thing. No, no. The thing that the British people stole from Greek from Greece and put it in their history museum. Or a boss relief, bas relief, boss relief. Yeah, embossed is the thing that I was going for. They um, BT might have those, like a like stories of empathies but he might they it might also not because it's because it would be tech or or maybe it's stories uh maybe it's stories of cella from before oh that's pretty good actually because i cella because because we talked about cella being like previously being like a war god and stuff and i thought it would be cool because like empathies is this hero figure to radiant this legendary hero figure that what if cella was that to empathies that he he was this god that in Ipathy's time had all these stories about all these adventures he'd gone on, and and now uh, this is this is talking out of character, talking more like planning style. Those stories that Chella did are now retold as Ipathy's achieving in the name of Chella. Um. Oh my god, <laughs> that's that rules. I love that. Um, that's extremely good. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think if. If the BT does have frescoes, it's like 
Or reliefs. Not frescoes. Fuck. Reliefs. reliefs. Sarcophagi. Um, gotta have to get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to get used to that. Um, if it does have those. Oh, what if it's got it like on its back, like a fucking Yakuza tattoo? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. But like all of the instances of like depictions of Chella with like a face or like visible features is like kind of scraped off a little bit. Oh man. Do you know what we're doing? We're doing Maui. <laughs> His his body's covered in tattoos of his adventures. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, we're doing Maui. We're doing Greek Maui. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, we're kind of, we're mixing together a lot of, a lot of island, a lot of, a lot of, uh, water-based, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Seafaring. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so cool. So, so it's, it's, we've got this, this almost marble statue, uh, with, with a lot of, classical elements but kind of remixed with with um gundam flair yeah yeah and um i mentioned this in the actual episode but it's got like a big um blue circle in the center that's like the cockpit and if the whole the one that fills up with water like evangel like like evangelion in the center would you mean like the center of the chest yeah, yeah, the center of the chest. Is it look like kind of like an arc reactor, like an like an Iron Man thing uh, in the chest? Arc reactor was what I was going for, but what I didn't remember existed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so as soon as you said it, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! It is no, Iron it's, Man." I did do hey, Iron Man. Weird, fucking. There's nothing new under the sea. It's just a matter of smashing it together in a way that's newish. <laughs> it's true. Um, anyway, here's my fan character, my Avengers fan character. It's Maui Iron Man. I mean, that's a pretty. That's a pretty solid fan character. Also, it has th- it has three eyes. Yes, but the third one is closed, right? Because mm-hmm. that's for now. For now. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. So the last the last thing about your profile is you pick as many weaknesses as its ruins, as its ruin. So what are what are what are BT's weaknesses? I think it's loud and slow. Loud and slow. Okay. So. You're in in video game terms. You're the mighty glacier, um, right? Like, yes, I'm not here for finesse. You've got this big sword that you talked about, and you're not you're not gonna be uh, fooling anybody that you're not here to to cause some shit. Uh, but but if if people let that thing hit them, it's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. If anyone needs if anyone needs a VT for a snake mission, don't. The next step is your weapon. Your calf has a powerful custom signature weapon. Uh, and so you said, choose a base description, which you said was sword? Yep. Uh, if I'm going generic, I'm going full generic. Oh, so like a beam saber. Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. I was thinking more like a, a claymore type thing. Okay. No, because beam saber just screams classic Gundam to me, but... Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh but I don't. I mean, we might have beam saber technology. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, the 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 big boy shot some lasers at us. That's true. And we did have those laser guns in the uh, in the perimeter. Lasers exist. Lasers do exist. Maybe that's why uh, it's 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 why it can hold a gigantic sword that doesn't break. Yeah, I think I think a beam saber is better than the thing they did in Pacific Rim where it's like some vertebrae. 
that unfold into a sword. I mean, I thought those were cool, but I guess. No, I think, I think it looks cool. It's just, it's gonna break. Mm. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I've decided? I've decided that my opinion on the spine, the vertebrae sword from Pacrim is it's cool if, can, can the sword just be like, in the same place that his spine would be, and he can pull it out, and then it it straightens out but does, into a sword. Does he not <laughs> have a too- spine? <laughs> no, no, no. He has a spine, but like it looks like he pulled his spine out. That's a little. That's a little gnarly. That's some predator shit. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a robot. It's a robot. Does it have? Well, it's got a second <laughs> spine that is a sword. No, it's the sword is like. It's not quite lodged, but it's, like, on his back, because I can't think of any other place where it would be, well, like, conveniently. Ri- well, right now, it's in the armory. Um, all the all the calves didn't have their weapons on them, because all their right. weapons are in the armory. I mean, what's the alternative? He has, like, a leather, a leather sheath for it? I mean, it could, like, there's, like, magnets. It could be a magnet thing. I'd, or I mean, or it could or it could explode out of his back like a like a like a like a chest burster. That works too. It's up. To, I mean, it, ultimately, it's up to you. I'm just like, whoa! I didn't realize that he was that gnarly. Yeah. This was yeah. this was some the the way the hard way blood boy. connects to the robot is like the the Gundam IBO shit. That's true. That's He's true. all about that fucking gnarly. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a yeah. It's a sword. It's got um. I like the beam. I like beam saber. He's already loud and flashy. There's no way that it's gonna be like a a discreet sword. What's the range of it? Is it reach? Because it's a great sword. Uh, yeah. I had put it in close because that seems like the sword kind of range, but reach is better. So I'll take it. If it's yeah, if it's a one-handed sword, that's a close sword. But a a great sword, a two-handed sword, a big sword. That's definitely. Reach. I think it's reach. Yeah, it's a big, big old sword. Big old sword. Hell yeah! Uh, and you get two enhancements to it. As well. uh, yep. Um, I want sharp, uh, which is plus two piercing, and I want glow glows in the presence of goo boys. In the presence anguished, of goo anguished. boys. Hey. Yeah, I forgot the name for a second there, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. I have to backtrack on my bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So if if that's the case, it's that it's not elemental. Um, so it's, I don't know if it's like a is it a beam or is it just a glowing blade? If it was elemental, what element would it be? Just like light. I mean, you would you would tell me. Oh wait, not light. Of course, it's not light. It's lightning. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. Um, I'll do right. lightning then instead of closing the presence of anguished. Okay. I mean, you could you could still do the glows in the presence of anguish and then get lightning later as an advanced move. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Um, mm-hmm. Right? Is that a? Nah. Mm, actually, I'm, I'm wrong. I didn't write that. I, you can get a second weapon, but you can't you can't add another tag right, to your weapon. Um, I'll get a lightning something later. Uh, but you did level up, didn't you? Yeah, I'm a level two. Yeah. So you get you get one of those uh, powers. I think I'll take the. The sink one. Flesh and steel? Yeah. Here's the next thing. Um, your calf, your celestial armature frame, has echoes of your titan within it. Mm. Uh, in the form of you have your additional, your titan alignment, 
and you also have your CAF's internal directives. Mm. So we, we, we should get those done as well. Yes. Um, so for my Titans alignments, um, I basically just took it from the Paladin uh, sheet, and it is deny mercy to a criminal or unbeliever. Oh, okay. Um, and then, luckily for me, the internal directors are listed on the example sheet. Yes, yours were the earliest we came up with. Yeah. Do you want to read those? Uh, sure. So, BT's internal directives are, always be in the line of fire if it means somebody else isn't, never ignore a chance to take the front line, and don't worry about damaging yourself if it means taking down the threat. Um, and th- these still hold up pretty well. Yeah? Yeah. Those, those, those still feel right? hmm Awesome. Um, and so, next we just have your, your scene for this episode, where you, we talked to, you're gonna be, you're gonna be talking to Eustace? Uh, yep. Eustace Flints. He is the, is the mechanic. So, what do you, where are you, where do you find Eustace? And what do you need to talk to him about? Um... Does Eustace like to fish? Uh, he lived in Azure Bay, which is a port town, mm. uh, and there are rivers where he grew up, so he could he could conceivably fish. I think um, you'll you'll have to tear him away from the workshop, okay? Uh, which is where he's been working on the on fixing up all the frames. Um, which I haven't mentioned this on anyone else's scene because I was going to mention it here. Uh, he's, he's been using the, um, the ingots of Fontanium <laughs> that, <laughs> that y'all found, uh, underneath the forge. And the thing about it is that whenever he uses one of those to fix the armor of one of the titans, of one of the calves, it changes to reflect the style of that calf's armor. Ooh. So it's not like he's like putting on, like, he's like bolting on steel sheets on top of the marble. It's like he puts the he fills in the gaps with this metal, and then it starts to look like marble as he works it. Ooh, that's or it starts to look like very cool porcelain or or wood or whatever the calf looks like it's made out of. Right, right. Uh, second question: Is he still hurt? Not really. He's probably got like a like a black eye that's that's like fading because it's 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 been a couple weeks. All right. Oh, it's been a while, huh? The thought that I had was, um, Radiant didn't do anything significant in the ways of uh the ritual thing for the quest mm-hmm. and that thing is fishing that thing is fishing that thing is fishing okay um, i was just gonna knock that one down um knock, knock that knock that out with your buddy eustace <laughs> yeah okay um eustace probably isn't the first person he sought out to talk to it was probably ford and then like in order maybe Adeline, Danzara, maybe Jameson, and then Tuku. Oh wow! Um, and absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not Nemo or Calico. They, they scare him. And now Eustace at the end? No, no. Um, he likes Eustace. He'd probably go to Eustace before he went to Zara. Zara isn't the the most tactful person that he would like to talk to currently. So I think you find him in the workshop where he's got like. A welder's torch or something. He's been finding all these tools, uh, in the workshop that help, that drastically help with, with fixing these things up. And he's been like, oh, he's losing his gourd about it. Cause there's, 
these old things are so helpful and useful. Why don't we have these anymore? Uh, <laughs> most of them are, most of them are, are like magically powered, mm. um, with these little batteries, like the ones that Zara uses, but a lot more, um, refined. He's like, pss, 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 pss. <laughs> and you walk in, there's, there's sparks flying down. He's in this like harness, uh, like, you know, 20 feet up in the air, fixing the hip joint of the tempest. Ooh. Um, I think. Radiant is gonna like scurry up there, like climb up there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, just like hey, 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 what? sis. What's what? Oh, oh. And he he nearly he nearly drops his oh, little no. torch because oh, he no. was kind of he was kind of in the zone, but he, he catches it and like is now kind of twirling in this in this like seat. <laughs> um, and he's got these like wilderness goggles on. Um, Radiant is just like. Walking around the scaffolding to follow Hesus as he swings around. Like, H- howdy, howdy, little hey. fella. Hey. hey, hey, buddy. Hey. Um, how do you feel about fishing? Uh, I mean, fish are good. I like I like fish. This is is this a non sequitur or no, no? No, I I have I have to fish every day because of religion. And do you want do you want to hang out? Come on, Doug, give it a rest. You've been working so hard. He takes the goggles and he puts them on his forehead, which is where this is going to... Hey, fan artists, you just has goggles. Um, <laughs> and he's got these little rings of, of, of like soot around his eyes now. Aw, he's a raccoon. He's a, he's a big old bugbear raccoon. Uh, and he looks at you and he says, uh, All right, I, I could fish. Give me one second. And he, um, it would be too much for them to have like a motorized thing. So I think he's got like a little winch, um, that connects his like harness to the rope. And he has to like by hand, like, 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 turn the winch to go down. Meanwhile, Radiant is just following him down the scaffold. Uh, and so you head out. Where do you fish on the island? Do you fish on the coast? Is there like a river through the island? Uh, maybe there's like a pond. Mm hmm. Do you think, because you never had a trouble finding fish yourself with following Chella, um, because you lived in a swamp, but do you think before that people who didn't live in swamps had, like, worshipping pools that were, like, koi ponds? Ooh. So, like a fa- like a carnival game where you pick kinda, out the fish? Kinda. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, maybe there's this, like, yeah, there's, like, this pond that um, may or may not just, like, have, like, a tunnel that goes out to sea in it, at the bottom of it. Um, there's fish in it, uh, and, but it's, it's like got this sort of like circular raised shore. So it's not like a, like an incline shore, you know, like, like you would just can walk into the water. It's almost like a pool, like a swimming pool, but natural, but like in, in the ground. That's, a, yeah, that's adorable. Um, Fradian has like a spot where he just leaves his fishing stuff there because nobody's going to touch it because there's only 10 people on this island. Well, 10 plus the, plus the sailors. Oh, all right. They're sailors. I forgot. Um, nobody's going to mess with some fishing equipment. It's fine. Yeah. No one's going to mess with the Titans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he just like sits down, pats the ground on like beside him for Eustace to sit down. And he's like, what, what kind of fish do you like? Uh, Eustace like sits down and kind of lumbers down. He like lets out this when he sits down because he's a bear. Um, <laughs> and he says, uh, I mean, I guess tuna's good. Uh, I like. Have you ever had calamari? I've had alligator. I've had alligator. 
Is that in the same ball- ballpark? I guess they're basically the same thing. That sounds that sounds right. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming calamari is just like a liz- like a big lizard, small lizard. It's like a it's like a big thing with like a lot of arms. Oh shit! No, he doesn't say shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You've made this pure boy who can't <laughs> say the bad words. Oh, I oh, knew this would happen. Oh, beans. <laughs> Oh, know what you should know what you should do? You should come up with some some church approved cellist wares, TM. Absolutely. Oh, scales. Oh my gills. Oh, scales is very good. Um yeah. Oh, scales, really? Yeah. No, it's yeah, they're like this little it's like a big thing, like a like a big rubbery ball head and it's got all these wiggly arms. See, that doesn't sound too much like a lizard, but no. I'll, I, I trust you. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. You chop up their legs and you fry them and it's, you know, chewy. Oh, but sounds, sounds great. Yeah, you get some soy sauce on them. <laughs> there's, like a, there's like a pause as Brady tries to come up with more fish topics to talk about. As you're talking, Eustace, like, looks at the, at the water and his ears kind of, like, flick back and his eyes dilate a little bit and he just scoops up a fish with his long bugbear arms. Whoa! Holy Shella, how did you, how did you, how did you do, how did you do that? Um, it was there and I grabbed it. The, well, how do you fish? Well, there's like this, well, sometimes I use my spear when they're big ones, but this one doesn't really have many big ones, unfortunately. So I have this, I have this fishing rod. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. He bites the fish. <laughs> uh, wait, no. Oh, okay. Well, you're not, you didn't. Well, okay. What? We're supposed to give the fish what? to, we're supposed to give the fish to, to Chella. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Mm. Uh, he swallows and like, can see the the rest of the fish. <laughs> oh, uh, well. I mean, he got mo- most of it, right? Ten percent tithe. Tell you, tell you what, you can you keep it. I'll I'll do the fishing for Chella. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I can't believe I didn't say his favorite fish was salmon. He's a fucking bear. <laughs> Tuna salmon was the difference. Yeah. Um. There's like a bit of a pause and. He's like, so what? What do you think about the? What do you think about the Titans, the island, everything? Well, those are three different questions, there, little friend. Um, just uh, give me like a like a summary. Uh, he scratches his his chin. Well, Titans, I didn't know a whole lot about before we got out here. I guess they were a pretty big deal, very big deal for you, little partner. I mean, they seemed like they were all right, folks. They had all this really neat stuff. He says, I don't think I can do this. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, okay, this is great. This is incredible. This is uh, more than I could have ever hoped for. But, you know, the when we were fighting the really, really big monster, the bigger one, not the two ones, the bigger one. Okay. It didn't feel like I was fighting them. Okay. Who, who was fighting them then? I don't, I don't. I don't know, but it it was it was weird, isn't it? Wait, isn't it weird that it wasn't me? Yeah, that sounds weird. Do, mm. Now I'm a simple bear man, but I feel like that if you're going to be fighting something, you should be fighting it yourself. Right, and that's a, I want to fight. 
I'm fairly confident in my... And then he, like, thinks about the past two fights that he was in and was like, well, I was fairly confident in my fighting skills. Uh, he pats you on the back. Like, oh, no, you you did great. You did a great job. I got frozen by Zara. <laughs> well, I got punched in the face by a skeleton, so I don't know that I have any room to judge. Do you think that if you keep going, that it'll stop? It'll still not be you? I, I don't know. I'm kind of scared to find out. All right. Well, I, uh... I'm not going anywhere, because what Nemo said about world ending, saving it, things, people getting hurt, archipelago getting hurt, that's not something I can I can stomach turning the other way and ignoring. Uh, you can say what you want about Eustace Flint, but he's not the kind of feller who just puts his head in the ground and pretends nothing's wrong. Uh, but I understand that it is a, it's quite the ask, be coming out here and doing things like this. And uh, well, I don't blame you for being scared. You're, a, you're a much more important part of this than I am. I just fix it. I don't ever have to get in one. Don't don't sell yourself short. You're doing. You look like you were doing a really good job. No, I'm, I'm doing a really good job. I'm very I'm very good at fixing stuff. I guess what I'm trying to say is, this wasn't a score you knew going in. Obviously, it wasn't something you signed up for. And I don't. Well. Other folks might get sore at you for wanting to leave, but I won't, because I understand. I don't, I don't want to leave. I just want, can I pitch something, Zach? Yeah. Can I cast Guidance? Mm, yeah, you were going to, you leveled up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Were you going to, um... Yeah, I was going to take the, the Cleric spell. Then, yeah, I think you can cast Guidance. You remind me what Guidance does. Rote's guidance. The symbol of your deity appears before you and gestures towards the direction or course of action. Your deity would have you take, then disappears. The message is through gesture only. The communication through the spell is severely limited. Uh, yeah, so do you want to roll to cast a cleric spell? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's whiz, right? It would be whiz, yes. My whiz is zero. Here we go. Eight. So, what was the last thing you said? So the end of that sentence was, I just want guidance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. There is a crack of thunder above you. And you hadn't noticed it being gray in the sky before, but this island is pretty misty. And I guess that wouldn't be a thing you might pay attention to if you're looking at the pond. But it starts to rain. And Eustace goes, oh, boy. Uh, I think we might want to get inside. Uh, I don't. I don't know how. There's all the metal on this island. I don't know what's going to be. What's going to catch lightning and what's not. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to stay and fish for a little bit longer. If that's okay with you. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm not wearing armor, so not, nothing's going to catch on fire. And he kind of squints at you. He nods, and he um. Also, I'm like a water lizard. <laughs> he pats your head. Um, I was gonna. He, he, if you had hair, he would tousle it, and he makes like a similar motion. Aww. Um But with your spines, your crest, it says, uh, "You're a good kid, Radian. If this is too much, you know, folks are gonna understand. But I'm glad that I we got you on our side. You too, Eustace. And he he he, he like heads off and he like waves behind him. Um, but he doesn't want to be in the rain any longer than he has to. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Because he's a big fur man and he would get smelly. Yeah, I think the ending shot of this is just radiant, like sitting in the pond, doing some more fishing, putting it very neatly in a pile for Chella. Tuku. Yes. You've got a giant robot now. Mm-hmm. Very excited about my giant robot. You're so excited about your giant <laughs> robot. Awesome. Let's let's get into let's get into creating it. So the first thing we're gonna do is come up with the name. And actually I think we had yours named ages ago, right? Uh yeah, the Nimble Mistral. Nice. It's a pretty cool name. Uh mm-hmm. so we got your we got your name. Next thing is to get the look down. And what look is that? Uh, the swelt look. And what is what does that mean? Like, what's the? Can you describe it a little bit to us? So, when it was first found, it was covered in dust, and it didn't appear to be as uh, shiny, reflective how it looks like now that it's been cleaned up. And at first glance, it like looks like it's a solid obsidian black. But if you got close to it, you would like notice that it looks like there's like. Um, layer of uh, some kind of transparent material around it. Like, if you touch it, you're you're able to touch it, fa- like, um, sooner than you would expect to. Okay. Um, it's sort of got, like, a holographic thing going on. Yeah. It's like an optical illusion. Yeah. Cool. And it's, and it's, it's, uh, we, we talked about having cat ears. Yes, it has cat ears. That is, that is very important. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's shorter than the other ones. Yeah, it's shorter, slimmer, just kind of smaller. Uh, it has like really long legs. So like the torso part is like very short. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mostly leg. It's mostly leg. It's leg. Just, just like the bang. Legs for mech. days. The mech. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, is, it has high heels. That's important also. Fantastic. Uh, so it's got a tail. The the ears, does it have like a tail or anything? Oh, that would be so cute. It should have a tail. It definitely should have a tail. Yeah, and uh, I think it also has like... Overall, it looks kind of... It doesn't look very man-made, but... Uh, like organic, sort of? Or like like manufactured, but not according to normal style? Yeah, more like that, I think. Okay. So it looks alien more than it looks like uh, natural. Yeah. But other than that, there's actually uh, some paint on it. Oh, there's paint on it. Yeah, and the paint, like, it, it's painted on. It's not like like the black that kind of appears to be inside a casing or something, but it's it's on top of it, just like some gold gold paint. Mm-hmm. And otherwise it looks very not man-made, but these paintings are like definitely painted by hand. There's some mistakes. It's not perfect. Oh, cool. And it's like um, around the edges of like limbs and stuff. Sort of like a filigree? Yeah. Uh, is it as like flowers or stuff? Is it like words or what is it? It's its flowers. It's very cute patterns. And if you if you look really closely, there's like some very obvious mistakes that have been tried to be cover up. It's like something that someone did as like a project more than it was like a professional artisan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, all right. So once we've got our look down, which is spelt with all that other stuff we talked about, uh, the next thing we pick is your profile. Which is your power, your programming, your armor, and your ruin. Uh, and which one were you thinking for the Mistral? Power 3, programming 1, armor 1, ruin 3. Ruin 2. Oh, oh ruin 2. Yeah. Well, what, what made you decide on having the 3 power and 2 ruin? Is, is, like a, is this like a powerhouse? I mean, I guess kind of. I actually more wanted the ruin 2 because um, 
the original pilot was so different from Tyuku. Okay. So I assume the mech doesn't really like Tyuku that much, at least at first. Oh, okay. That's pretty neat. I like that. Um, so you, when you, when you build your calf, you pick as many strengths as your power rating. So what strengths were you thinking? Uh, fast, quiet, and camouflaged. So even though Dominica Valerie, even though she is very different than Tiki, it seems she still had the same flair for like being quiet. Yeah, she was uh, more like uh, assassin bodyguard type, and she wasn't like um, about being like like not a figurehead of any kind. Definitely, mm-hmm. very much in the shadow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so then you also you also pick as many subroutines as your programming score when you have one. I was thinking search. Search. Okay. And and what does that mean to you? I mean, Thiuku is probably going to use it to search for treasure and stuff. So do you think it's like a sensor thing? Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's the original function of it, though. It had other other functions originally, but Thiuku's like, this is a finding thing <laughs> machine, and I'm going to find me some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, and then finally, you choose as many weaknesses as your calves will ruin. Uh, I think stubborn, definitely. And then I'm torn between fragile and picky. Uh, since it's like um, kind of crystal mech, that's why mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the fragile would mm-hmm. work. And, and it's smaller, so it's probably a little bit more delicate, so for sure. Exactly. I guess I'm going to go with fra- fragile. You think so? Yeah. Cool. Uh, the next thing is that your calf has a powerful custom signature weapon. Uh, what weapon were you thinking? Uh, a sword, actually. A sword? And what's, what's the range of the sword? Uh, it's close. Uh, that's pretty simple. What, what, what's the sword look like? I guess we'll figure that out when we get into enhancements, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, what were those enhancements? Uh, perfectly weight, so it's precise. Okay. Perfectly weighted. That's precise, and we're going to need to figure out what that means when you're using sync as your um, thing. But we'll, we will find that out. Yeah, and uh, the twist is that it's also versatile. Uh, so it's if you play Soul Calibur, uh huh, like Iris Sword. So it's yeah. kind of like like a whip sword. Oh hell yeah! So it extend, extends. So the that, that takes it up to reach. Yes. I'm into that. And do you have a name for this weapon? The Sephir Lash. Nice. Awesome. So our next bit is to determine your Titan uh, alignment and your internal directives. Mm-hmm. So what what um what are you thinking for, for Dominica's alignment? Can I change the one that I have, though? Because I came up with a much better one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's like um, willing to dirty my hands. Uh, like in however much possible, just to make sure that the people around me don't have to. Okay, so yeah, so you could probably condense that just down to dirty your hands so an ally doesn't have to. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then what's their second alignment, Dominica's? Absolute loyalty to my teammates and the ones that I serve. Okay, uh, and so how does that? How do you? How are you going to write that actionably as a? Maybe you could write it down. Write it as. Listen to someone else's orders or something like that. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So those are those your two new alignments. Additionally, you're going to have your uh, internal directives. Um, so what were you thinking for those? Uh, I think one of them is never retreat, never abandon your mission, never retreat. 
Okay. And that's just hard line, never retreat. There's not like, don't never retreat unless someone, until someone else gets out first or. Just never retreat. Never retreat. Never abandon the mission. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that seems like it's probably pretty, uh, antithetical to TQ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I'm wondering if my second one is too close to that actually, but it's like, use whatever means possible to complete your directive, no matter what complications may arise. So, not sure if that's too close to it, actually. No, I think I think never abandon the mission is a good one, and then take advantage of every resource available. Mm-hmm. Is, is good another one? Yeah. Okay, awesome. And then, is there? Do you have a third one? No, these are the only ones I came up with. No problem. Uh, those are good, though. Those are those are definitely good. Did you did you level up the last adventure? You did not. I did not. Okay, so you don't have to worry about taking any advanced moves yet. Yeah. Cool. So, so that altogether, I think, is is about it for the Mistral. Yeah. So, I think with that, we can just pivot into your scene. Mm-hmm. So, you were going to have a scene with Jameson. Jameson points yes. the way. Uh, and what, where, what were you thinking for that? I think at first, Tiku has been inspecting her new calf. Trying to figure it out. Also trying to get people to see if other people can pilot it. But I'm not sure if there's been much success in that one. Yeah, I think um, here's the unfortunate thing. Uh, the Mistral is stubborn. You've like talked someone else to get into it. Like maybe one of the expeditionaries or maybe just a sailor or somebody who worked for the, works for Daria. Uh, and like they'll get in and like, kind of wiggle the controls and stuff and nothing will happen and just it won't turn on. Yeah. Uh, because it's stubborn and it, it will only turn on for you. Yeah. And I think Tuku thinks that these people are like playing a prank on her. She's like, this this is absolutely not happening. And they're all in on, it, in on this. And I think she has probably given up on that since she doesn't understand anything about this machine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so... She's probably been also exploring the island a bit to find hidden treasure. <laughs> okay, so let's yeah, let's 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 maybe that's where we're gonna where we'll we'll come in. We'll see Tiku exploring the island for hidden treasure, and maybe I mean, so like there's this island, there's the bastion, which is the back building. It's the, it's very big. Uh, there's a tower at the back of it that reaches up and overlooks the like the hangar bay. Um, and there's the forest that covers almost the entirety of the island. It's like a jungle. And your group cut a pretty straight path through the forest up to the bastion. So there is technically a fair amount of this uh, island that is still uncharted. By you and 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 Debonair has been sending out groups of people to like go and like, oh, we found an old guard station. Uh, and so I guess you've probably just headed out on your own. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you find like an old building and you're poking around it when you hear uh, like a twig snap outside. Uh, I think I hide behind something and then turn around to look. Uh, you see Jameson points the way, who is there, who's out there with a like a notebook almost. Hmm. Like a journal with a, the back of it's got like a, like a solid wooden backboard so that he could just like hold it, brace it and write in it. Um, and he's like, damn it. He's like kind of looking around. Does it appear, does it seem like he's been following me or just like he's just mm. exploring thing? Or can I tell it all? 
I think, yeah, I think, I think maybe you had felt like you'd been being watched throughout this, this trip. And then you now, he's been like revealed. Is there a way to go around so I can end up behind him? Yeah, yeah. This is just a, like a narrative scene, and you're you're a sneaky sneak thief. Yeah, so I'm gonna steal his wallet. Gonna steal his wallet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How do you do that? Do you just like kind of tiptoe around and just like fish it out of his pocket, or? Yeah, and and then I'll tiptoe back to the front and pretend I have not seen him. To the front of what? The where, where I was originally, like where I was hiding. Uh and you're not. Are you gonna be like? Like, are you still hiding when you go back there, or are you just, like, coming back into the open and pretending like, that you haven't seen him? Yeah, just pretending I haven't seen him, just, like, looking around, pretending I'm looking for treasure, and then I'm I'm going to pretend that I found something, and uh, I'm, I'm going to take the wallet and pretend that I found that, and make it, like, very theatrical, like, <gasps> a treasure! Oh, my, I can't believe something like this would be in here. <sighs> you hear him sigh from outside. It's like, all right. <laughs> How long? Why did? <sighs> and he walks into this building, which is like, I think just, I don't know. What kind of building was this originally? What's it look like? I think it was just like uh, one of the car stations. It was a pretty simple like like structure, like almost like a like a two-story tower almost. Yeah. All right. He shakes his head and comes in and leans against the the door frame with his book and his his pen. And he goes, is that really necessary? Of course, it's for practice. For pra- yeah, practice, you mentioned before. Can I have that back, please? Hmm. Well, you did say please. And uh, I hand it back to him. Thank you. Honestly, I don't know what practice you need, considering how good you are at lifting things from people. Oh, it's not for me. It's for you. Oh, my God. Okay. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Uh, And he writes something else in his notebook. So, is that a love letter or...? Uh, no. Uh, I guess the, you know, cat's out of the bag, no pun intended. No, this is an observational log. Of me? Well, of all of you, but this one's you. And he, he, like, he closes the book for a second, and, like, you can see he's got little tabs for each party member in the book that he, like, flips through really quick. You know, uh, obviously I didn't do a, do a very good job leading you through the anything, but thankfully that wasn't my only job. Uh, I might as well do this one right, right? I guess so. Hope you sleep with that thing, because you know it's going to be gone in the morning. <laughs> I I take care of this thing a lot better than I take, take care of my wallet. Thank you. Well, I sure hope so. You know, Dominica Valerie didn't steal people's wallets. Are you sure? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Every, every, every historical record we have of her cites her as being noble, uh, valorous, completely... Completely dedicated to the cause of the empire and her empress. Honestly, it still it still boggles my mind that you could possibly be the same person. I am not. That's that's the thing. I am not the same person. This is a fairy tale. Uh, sure. Yeah, you got in the nimble mistral. You you. I see the ring on your finger from her. Well, it was shiny. Well, it wasn't shiny back then, but I polished it, so it's 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 shiny now. It's pretty 
He, like, draws his hand down his face. Yeah. History books say she wasn't very... didn't care about shiny things, either. Well, you know, a lot about this history is fake, I believe. What? Well, of course they would write stuff like that to make her seem good. Oh, so you're, what, you're a, you're a historical revisionist? You think Dominica Valerie was as bad as you are? Are you saying I'm bad? Oh. How many things have you stolen from people since we got on this island? How many things did you steal back in the fuzzy lands that you can't remember? Um, some things, definitely. But I, I don't see why that is bad, necessarily. It's, it's taking things from people who need them, or who owned them, at the very least. Even if it's excess wealth, it's still not yours. Well, what if I need them, too? Either way. It's not It's not something I ever expected when the Lady Deplore told me that the Titans' reincarnations were going to be on this expedition. Well, I guess you should expect the unexpected. Hmm. Tell me, why are you even here still? This, I mean, sure, there might be some money, but this is this is a this is a primarily altruistic endeavor. Are you? What are you just going to leverage leverage the things we do here, the things we find for your own personal gain? I mean, that's definitely a part of it. For now, it's fairly exciting, and I still have not quite figured out how I would steal a big robot. So, I mean, who would stop? Who could stop you? Other than the other four, and I don't know that they would, because they're all crazy, too. Yeah, but what am I going to do with it? I don't know anything about it. What if it breaks? What am I going to do if it stops working? Jameson, like, looks at you, and he he looks sad, honestly. You know, I spent my whole life working for the lady and hearing stories about the Titans and of the good that they did for the archipelago. And here I am, standing next to one of them, in the modern day, and all all you care about is filling your own pockets, and being pragmatic, and not even caring about who other people live or die. I never said I didn't care about that. Well, do you? I mean, everyone does, of course. Yeah, but a lot of people care about gold more. Hmm, true. If it gets down to it, and you have the choice between helping us and getting a payout, getting a big payout. How could we... What would you take? Mm. I mean, helping with what? Would it be... We're here. we got to stop the anguish. we got to save the world. Yes. I mean, what am I going to do with things if the world ends? Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Uh-huh. I just wasn't expecting you to make it. You know, people people say about thieves, they only think about the short term. Of course they think the long term, otherwise I wouldn't be the famous Chief Bell. <laughs> I guess notoriety follows you. I wouldn't put me with uh, the rest of the common thieves. Just saying. <laughs> uh, Jameson comes in and like sets his notebook down. There's, I think there's like a big stone table in the middle of this room where like guards used to like sit at while they were waiting. And he sits on it and he goes, so you're, if nothing else, I guess pragmatic reasons are enough to keep you on our side, huh? I guess so. I mean, I hope you find someone else to 
do this honestly than me because I don't really believe in this Titan stuff. And I'm sure there's someone better suited for this than me. I don't, I don't know that there is. Hmm. That's because you're still a little boy believing in stories that you've been reading all your life. I mean, if we're, if, if, <laughs> if there was anywhere where stories were going to come true, wouldn't you think it would be in the bastion where the Titans walked, where their weapons stay? That's such a romantic notion of it. But I don't think the reality is quite as romantic as you think it is, though. I mean, it's not like they lived and breathed glory. They were just people. I mean, if they really existed as you think they did. I mean, I mean, I guess they were alive and stuff, but, you know, how much is fiction? I guess, uh, I guess that's up to us to find out, huh? I guess so. Well, if you, uh, if you don't mind, I think I'm gonna hold on to my romanticism a little bit longer. Of course, I don't, I didn't think it's bad, necessarily. Just not for me. Yeah. Alright. Did you actually find any treasure here, or was this just funnin'? Haven't really found anything good yet. But I'm sure there's something here. To be fun? All right, I'll help you look. And uh, Jameson puts the book in his bag. And, like, I guess you spend the rest of the day plumbing ruins with him. Yeah. I want to say that if I find anything, I will share it. 60-40. Zara! Yes. Zara Fontaine. That's me. It's time for you to build your robot. Awesome. I have a name for my robot already. Uh, the name is the um, Occult Serendipity. Okay. Occult Serendipity. It has a ornate look. I did sort of describe it uh, last session as sort of like Beauvoir, a.k.a. Simone from Near Automata. So it's got, it's like... Obviously, that's like a more horror version, but like it's, it's got like, it's, it definitely is very ostentatious. It's very fun. Oh, wait, ostentatious is one of them. I pick ostentatious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. How, how is it ostentatious? Uh, it, well, first of all, it has like a plated skirt, like a giant uh-huh. plated skirt, like it's wearing a giant dress, and I feel like it has like, Fabric, maybe like not like fabric because fabric probably didn't survive, but like the remnants of what at one point was this like beautiful fabric dress around the platedness of the skirt. Uh-huh. And it's got like it's got some like gemstones everywhere and it just generally looks like a flashy kind of thing. Fucking sweet. So it looks like kind of like a it looks kind of like a ballroom dancer. I'm into it. Um so for the profile, I was thinking of going with uh power two, programming two, armor zero, one ruin. Okay. As far as strengths, so I can get two strengths for that. <laughs> I feel like I want to get what what would adaptable mean again? Uh adaptable well kind of it's adaptable. It could mean anything. Hmm. Uh it could mean a lot of things. It's mostly up to personal um like um interpretation. Sure, sure, sure. I'm gonna go with fast. Okay. And I'm going to go with um, intimidating. Fast and intimidating yes. for this wizard mech. It, it, it's, a, it, it's a wizard mech, but my, my justification of this is Arto was a performer, primarily. Uh-huh. Like, she was somebody who very much likes 
to be seen and likes to be the center of attention. And so, like, it's not so much intimidating as it looks scary as it's just intimidating as it looks impressive. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. Um, Yeah, you said she's, like, a shiny chariot from... It, that's Academia? definitely like a like as far as her she goes uh, she's an elf but uh, she's definitely based like sort of very big inspired by shiny chariot from Little Witch Academia somebody nice. who's like flash and flash first and like obviously you know what I won't say more I don't want to spoil that show for anyone Little Witch Academia it. Little yeah. Witch Academia I haven't actually watched it but I know the character it's it's a good show you should watch it um but mm. yeah so it's it's a lot of a, a lot of uh, cult serendipity is about like flash and showiness uh-huh I'm about it uh so since you, you have programming so you also get two subroutines awesome I'm gonna pick perform and perform and guard I had the idea that like besides being ostentatious this mech would be like sort of like it was like a support mech Okay. So it would be like not necessarily the first in combat, but like the, the, you know, the supporter. And then I have to pick one weakness because of its one ruin. I am going to pick, I've already picked fast, so I can't pick slow. Um, uh, I could see fragile since it's like sort of spindly, right? I could, I could see fragile. I could also see loud. Hmm. Okay. Uh, like you can't. There's like there's no way people aren't gonna notice this thing. Right. I mean, like it's it's. I I feel like it probably like literally like plays like da, 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 when you turn it on, you know, because it's 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 so flashy and gaudy. But I feel like loud is the one is the one to go for here. It draws a lot of attention. I can I can live with loud. Oh yeah, it's 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 like porcelain, right? In in its like appearance. Was it like a porcelain doll, or is that a different thing that I'm thinking of? I think you're thinking of a different thing, but I'm kind of into it. Like, I think the idea of it being like porcelain could work uh, very well. Like, like a ball jointed doll. Hell yeah! Oh, hell yeah! Absolutely. Well, it's not actually porcelain, but it could look like it. Yeah, I would love yeah, that. Yeah. The material that they use to build these things look like all sorts of shit. Um, I I feel magic. like we probably went over this last episode, so we might be stepping on our own toes here. But uh, mm-hmm. I forgot, so that's okay. Yeah, we mentioned it, but you know, this is we're we're talking about it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Um, weapon next? Yes, it is now time to. It's to a bow. Figure. It's a bow. Oh. It's a bow. It's a bow with far range. Bow. Now we know so what you're, you're thinking. You're a fucking sniper. I know. No, I know what you're thinking. Don't snipers not want to be seen? And the answer is yes. That would be very smart. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> choose two. Oh man, you're Widowmaker. Widowmaker was kind of stealthy though. She's got a purple spandex bodysuit. And it's dark environments. I'm going to choose... Okay. <laughs> I'm going to choose serrated edges, plus one damage. Okay. And huge, add messy and forceful. Oh, man. Oh, so you know what I'm seeing now? I'm seeing the fucking great bows from Dark Souls. Yep. I'm seeing great bows from Dark Souls that, like, explode in a magical explosion on contact. Well, it's not elemental yet, though. Not yet. Uh, we'll, unless we'll it there. is. Well, no, I already picked two, so I won't pick elemental. Yeah. It, it could be energy, but it wouldn't give it any special properties. Right. It just the look of it is like exploding on contact. Just a look, just for looks. Yeah, it's, it doesn't. We don't yet have the incendiary arrows or whatever you're gonna get. Oh, I'll tell you what it explodes like. It explodes like uh, bombs in Breath of the Wild. Oh, the bright blue shit. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, so my idea is to go very high up, maybe, or somewhere very, like, make a lot of noise and fire a huge bow that everyone, and ev- just like the archers in Dark Souls, everyone will hate it. <laughs> I hate those nice. guys. I'm going uh, on record. 
Bad, I love those. Bad the enemy best. placement, those the ones. Anna, Anna, no, no, Anna, no, no. Orlando, Anna Orlando fucking Bowman. I I, love I was stuck on those guys for so long. Uh, a good do you have game. a name for this special bow? Not yet. Um, you can you can think of one if you want. I'll think of one later. All right. Absolutely fantastic. I don't have any advanced moves because I'm one XP away from leveling up. Oh, you're so fucking close. I so know. I'm I'll sure get them next time. Infuriating. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be getting your your uh, fucking uh, artificer stuff on it uh, at least. Yes, that's true. I will be adding my artificer gadgets, uh, at least some of them. Or and I wait, I get to make new gadgets for the mech, right? Yes, the mech will have its own discreet gadgets. Awesome. Uh, if I was if I was like a worse meaner GM, I don't know worse, but meaner, I would be like, yeah, you can you have four gadgets total. Which ones are on you, and which ones on your mech? Ooh, um, no! Don't uh, do that. No, no, I won't do that. I like, I like my my gadgets. Yeah. If it becomes like too much or overpowered or whatever, we'll figure it out later. We can always yeah, tweak it for sure. Uh, internal directives. Internal directives. Right. So uh, Arto is obviously someone who's very ostentatious. So uh, one of the internal directives is draw attention to yourself. Okay. And I had one more. Um, Maybe it's uh like throw your enemies off using trickery and uh deception. Uh yeah, yeah. Maybe something about um Like taunt uh, taunt your enemy no taunt your enemies I feel is just draw attention to yourself. Maybe. Uh well draw attention to yourself is one thing where you gotta be big and flashy. I think taunt your enemies might be a different thing where you're like, What's up, losers? You're stupid. Yeah, exactly. G- ga- how, what if it was like gain the upper hand using using taunts and? Uh, that's a the thing is that's a long one. That might be that might be your alignment. But taunt that's your not enemies. Your, yeah, taunt your enemies. Taunt your enemies. Taunt your enemies. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Taunt those enemies. Nice. And then, do you have a third? I just have those two right now. I'll see if I can think of a third later. Okay, for sure. Uh, do you want to go through your artificer attachments now, or do you want to just come up with those? Nope. I'd come up with those later, and we'll talk. O- and I'll reveal them as I need to. I'll tell you them earlier on. All right. Cool. I have, I have not begun to think about that. Okay. I feel like Arto, um, her alignment is sort of it's neutral, and it's like um, be praised for the good. Like the good deeds you've done, mm-hmm. receive credit for the good deeds you've done. Okay, um, that's not as um, actionable as like a lot of alignments. Yeah. Okay. What if it's ensure you receive credit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. That's perfect. Ensure you receive credit. Yeah, that's 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 perfect. Uh, awesome. Good. Because um, Arto was very vain. Arto was very vain. She wanted to be the coolest, the strongest. Which is why it's funny because Zara is very shy. Yeah, I mean Zara is also kind of like my inventions are the shit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But like, if if nobody knew that she invented them, I don't think she'd really care. Okay, cool. Yeah, what's the difference? What's the difference? As long as they know they're good, which they are. They are proven. Proven, for sure. You're welcome. Three hundred percent success rate on that ice beam. <laughs> uh, all right. So, do you think that is that all of it? Is that everything? I think so. Oh, you got through that pretty quick. Um, so let's let's roll into your scene. Where and where is that scene taking place? I, I think um, if you're going to Nemo, Nemo has set uh, himself up in a uh, in like a. Um, so this 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 will be after after everyone else's. I think this is going to be the last scene, um, which means that. Debonair has landed on the island and has brought up all the supplies that were on the ship. 
uh, and that includes some elven um, pop-up houses. Yeah, and so he's he's set up um, in the courtyard. He has got uh, some of the elven modular housing, which um, we haven't talked much about it, but elves, uh, since they're semi-nomadic, they have these houses that are very easy to put together. Um, sort of like if you look at like um, concepts for like lunar colonies and stuff, a lot of it's like boxy, like fits together almost like Legos or something. Um, and so, and so he's he's got he's got one of those set up that's like a sort of sort of uh, what's it called? Like a, like an office, basically, okay. um, office slash quarters. Nice. Um, and so do you just walk in? Do you like knock on the door? Is the door open? Uh, yeah, let's say it's like cra- it's like it's like hanging slightly open. Excellent. I, I tap on it very quietly and then I like sort of creak it open a little bit and peek my head in just a little bit and I say, uh, uh Mr. Nemo? Uh yeah. What's up? Hi. What's up? Huh? Hello. And he you see he's actually uh, a little bit frazzled. Um He's got, uh, he's got this thing, um, which y'all, y'all have been like pulling stuff out of the, of the bastion, um, all month effectively. Um, and he's, he's, he's been futzing with, with different things, little, little pieces of old technology that you've, you've started reclaiming. And he's got this, um, it's like, it's like, you know, that, that crystal you saw in the, um, in the in the forest in the forest yeah. yeah it's like one of those but handheld okay. um where it's like a it's like a like a cylindrical water bottle almost that is fill, filled with water with a crystal on the bottom um and then like it's sealed on both ends and it's it's got like some sort of interface and i can't even begin to imagine what the interface for these things are um but he's like tapping at it and trying to make it work and you can see like a face sort of swimming faintly in it but it like and then it keeps like the, the the crystal keeps going out um it's like god damn it yes miss fontaine uh, i i sort of move in uh very cautiously and i say um i say well i just wanted you to know that I, i've been helping eustace with the repairs and uh things are, are going pretty well we're, we're we're on schedule all of the um Celestial armature frames should be up and running shortly. Oh, he sighs like out of relief. He says, "Awesome! That is fantastic news. Thank you, Miss Fontaine." Yes, uh, the uh, well, I must say, all the extra Fontanium that's that was around was was a big help. Fontanium? Uh, the metal that we discovered. Well, that I discovered. Right. Right. Um, well, I'm glad. Uh, is that all you needed? Uh, yeah, that that's it. And I start to walk away. Uh, but then when I get to, like, the door, I, like, hold there for a second, and I turn back, and I, I turn back around, and I say, Actually, no, it's not. And he, like, looks up at you from where he's, like, tapping at this, this little glass bottle. Okay. Um, well, I, I just... I wanted to say thank you for everything that you've done and for taking me along on this exhibition. It's been it's been very uh, scientific and and exciting. It's very exciting to uh, be working 
under these conditions and under someone of of your uh, tutelage, of course. But uh, but I I don't think I can uh, pilot um, the celestial armature frame for you. I'm very sorry. Oh, okay. Why is that? Well, I I, <laughs> I don't mean to doubt your good work, sir. Of course, um, you know better than I do. But um, it just Seems to me like you may have made a, a small uh, error in your calculations. Uh, um, you don't want me. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not just the hero type. You understand. Uh, if you want that, you should ask uh, my older brother Arthur, or or ooh, or Anna. She's she's wonderful and brave and and strong, and sh- I'm sure she would make a great pilot. Uh, I, I'm more than happy to help Eustace. Uh, fix up the the machines, but um, but I I just don't think I'm cut out for the actual piloting of it. He like looks at you, long. He like it, it just kind of keeps his eyes on you. I I take a deep like nervous gulp. Miss Fontaine, he picks up the little water bottle. That's I think it's on like a stand on his desk that he's been like poking at it, and he puts it in front of you. He says, "How does this work?" I take it from him. And I think, what, like, when I do, like, as soon as my hands, like, touch it and his hands leave it, like, the image that was sort of swirling around in it mm-hmm. uh, goes suddenly very clear. And you can see very, um, very clearly what's in it, if that works for you. Yeah, no, that's, that, that works. Um, and the thing that you see in it is Eustace, uh, who is currently upstairs in what you guys have started control- calling the control room. And it has a very large version of this tank in it. And he jumps and he goes, oh, shit. Hey, hey, it's working. Can I hear him? Yeah. Uh, hello, Eustace. Holy shit. Ha! What? Hello, Miss Fontaine. How's it going today? Oh, it's it's just fine, uh, sir. You see him, like, reach forward and, like, slap what is the the, the, the edge of the tank on his side. And, it's, and it, like, his image ripples for a second. Okay. Shit. Uh... Well, I'm I'm glad that Mr. Nemo got that working for you, I guess. And Nemo behind you says, Nope, wasn't me. He goes, Oh, alright. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep fixing the other stuff now. I'll be back to join you in, in just a little bit. Uh, okay, cool. And he like kinda gives you a weird salute. That's <laughs> Super weird. I salute him back. <laughs> I mimic him. <laughs> and he like nods and like kind of awkwardly shuffles off to go and do something else. I put it down. I put the thing down on the table. Uh, and the, and it goes back to being inert. Uh, and he says, Nemo says, you see, I can't do that as much as I wish I could. And believe me, I wish I could a lot. And he looks down and like leans down and like kneels next to you and he says believe me Miss Fontaine if I could take your place I would do it in a heartbeat to see people who are unsure of themselves who are seem or believe themselves to be ill-suited to the job that needs to be done being the only people who can do it is torture but the thing is you and I don't get to choose who it is We don't pick the cards we're dealt, Miss Fontaine. We take the hand and we play it out. 
what if I don't do a good job? Then the entire archipelago dies. So I really hope you can do a good job. And he pats you on the head, and he goes back to his desk. <laughs>